Welcome to Encompass Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us today. To share your story of what God has been doing in you and through you, take a moment to email us at amen at encompass.org.au. Enjoy today's message. Today, I have the privilege of starting a new preaching series. My favorite topic about my favorite person. No, it's not my husband. It's Jesus. And so that is our theme for the next several weeks. In the book of Isaiah in the Bible, people were looking to the Messiah and Jesus, and he was described as the Prince of Peace, the brighter morning star, mighty God, the everlasting Father, the wonderful Counselor. He's that and much, much more. But today I'm going to introduce you to the Jesus I know and love. He's my friend. He hears and he answers my prayers. He's very, very patient with me. He's my hope and my anchor. He's my healer. He's my comforter. He's always with me. He's my ever-present help in time of need. He forgives me and he keeps no record of wrong. Are you glad that he does that for you? And I could go on and on and on, but you don't have enough time today. We're in our Christmas season. There's gifts to buy. There's the house to get ready for the guests. Maybe you've got to do some maintenance around home. There's food to prepare. The shopping car parks are already starting to go crazy. Staff are tired. They're edgy. And yet we've still got a couple of weeks. And... It's a time where we celebrate and honour Jesus. Did you notice I put the other things first and then I put Jesus second? The reality is most people live like that. They're so busy in their preparations that the one that we celebrate is not even, he's an afterthought or not even thought of at all. Less and less you hear Christmas carols about Jesus We're singing some Santa song or snowman song. Where is Jesus? To find uh, um, any decoration with the word Jesus on it, unless you go to a Christian shop, they're nowhere to be found. Jesus is the reason for the season, but we've forgotten about that in our life. Life has got busy busy with preparations. There's those last-minute things that you have to do at work before you go on holidays. Parents with kids, they're not at school. What am I going to do? How am I going to keep them entertained over the school holidays? We're overwhelmed. And Jesus doesn't get much thought or much of a presence in our thinking. But what would happen if we tipped this upside down and Jesus was our first thought? He was our first priority in our planning and what we're, we're doing. And I'm not saying that you don't have plan for family and things like that. But what if we put him first? Jesus, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to honor you? If we started to do that, how things would change. And that stress would begin to lift off of us. The complicated things that we want to do become less because we realize that Jesus is the reason for the season. We've just come out of the great series, Elimination of Hurry. And if you haven't 
had the opportunity to listen to that, get on to YouTube Encompass Church and you can watch that series. It's not too late. Some of you need it now. Some of you need to listen to them again now before we get into this last two weeks of Christmas because how you finish this year is really important, how you start next year. It's learning to slow down, working out what is your priority and allowing, giving attention to the important things, not the urgent things. We run around after urgent and the important things of slowing down, spending time with Jesus get squeezed out. So today I'm not going to preach to you. I'm just going to share. Cool with that? I'm going to share my heart of Jesus, the one that I love. Goodness me. <laughs> I didn't do this at all at home. Uh, and possibly today, the people sitting here or watching online, that you've never invited Jesus into your life. At the end of the meeting, I'm going to give all of us an opportunity to pray a prayer. And when you pray that prayer, mean it in your heart. Jesus accepts you into his family and you're his child. Maybe there's those sitting here or online that the busyness of life, the pressures, the disappointments, that somehow your love, first love for God has been squeezed out. Today I pray that you make a step towards Jesus because I can assure you he's made many, many steps towards you. And maybe today you're just so in love with him, it's an opportunity for you to just Give him your love and adoration again. So I'm going to share three aspects, only three. Sorry, we don't have a lot of time. And then at the end of each aspect, we're going to stand and we're going to sing a song to Jesus. It's going to be like a mini altar call. It's you opening your heart to Jesus. I'm not going to make you respond down the front or anything like that. This is your opportunity to give Jesus the love that he deserves. So who is Jesus to me and what have I learned? Jesus is my friend. Characteristics of a good friend are, are defined as a person who is loyal and faithful. They watch out for you. They've got your back. They can, you can confide in them and you have absolute confidence that they will not share it with anyone else. And they won't judge you. A good friend will give up things for you. Maybe they've got plans. You call them and you say, I'm really, I'm, I'm stressed. I, I'm, I'm really struggling. Don't worry, I'll be there. They move their plans around to be with you. A small boy defined a friend as someone who knows all about you and likes you just the same. That's what, like, that's what Jesus is like towards us and even more. In fact, he knows everything about us. And he still loves us. I find that amazing. Isn't it incredible, though, that we try to hide things from him? We think that somehow that we can fly under the radar, that he's not going to know about us, that, that about us. But he knows absolutely everything. And he still loves us. And I want you to repeat this. Jesus loves me and he wants to be my friend. Jesus loves me. And he wants to be my friend. Okay, I want you to say that again with some conviction. Jesus loves me and he wants to be my friend. We think that he's going to judge us and condemn us. But it is totally the opposite. He wants to be our friend and our confidant. He wants us to run to him first. 
rather than trying to solve it ourselves or, or go to someone else, going to him first because he is our bestest friend that we can ever have. He's there when we feel alone, that no one cares. We think no one cares or understands what we're going through. He wants to be our friend. That is the friendship that Jesus wants to have with us. And it's not lording it over us, waiting for us to step out of, out of line. He's not distant or, or disinterested. He's not too busy with more important people. You know, that is such a lie that we have bought in. Oh, he's not interested in that about me. Oh, you know, it's, it's not a big thing. But it is a big thing for you because you worry about it. It takes your concern and, you, and your headspace. He wants to be involved. He's waiting. He is waiting to have meaningful connection with us. He's not callous. He doesn't give us a cold shoulder and when we mess up. He doesn't judge, judge us for our negative thinking. I often hear the words, Lois, you're better than that. You know those things you think of, those negative thoughts, those judgmental thoughts? No, Lois, you're not. That's not you. You're better than that. He's con he, doesn't, he doesn't condemn us. He loves us and brings us to a place of health. When other people move away, he moves towards us. I heard it said, a friend is the first person who comes in when the whole world walks out. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus wants to be your constant friend. And I want you to read this promise that is found in Hebrews 13.5. Read it with me. I will never leave you. Never. I will not loosen my grip on your life. Is it up there? It is. Boy, you didn't think, say that. I'm thinking, boy, I'm on this, but I, we're going to do it again, okay? I will never leave you, never, and I will not loosen my grip on your life. Wow, that is the friend that you have. At no time has he or will he abandon you? At no time will he turn his face away from you. Maybe your parents did when you did something wrong. It's like, he never does that. He is loyal. He is faithful. He can be trusted. And he always has our best interests at heart. We each have an opportunity to personally know Jesus. We heard the story of uh, a great actor who was invited to a dinner party. And after the main meal, he was asked to, to do, recite a piece of poetry or something. And so the man said, okay, um, people, what would you like me to say? No one answered. And a little old preacher said, could you recite Psalm 23? He said, I'll do it if you do it as well. Oh, Anyway, so the actor got up, a great oratory. His diction was impeccable. And he began to, the Lord is my shepherd. And he went on, you know, it was beautiful. It was a loud applause at the end. And the poor preacher, this old man had spent his whole life in a, a pulpit with no amplification. His, his voice was rough and, and croaky. And his diction wasn't very good. But he got up 
And he began to recite the same psalm. There was not a dry eye in the house. The actor got up, put his arm around the preacher and said, I know the 23rd Psalm, but this man knows the shepherd. Jesus wants to be your friend. Growing up, I was very shy. I come from a farm. We lived eight miles, was that 15 kilometres, something like that, out of town. And we didn't have friends over. And to be honest, I didn't talk much. Nobody asked my opinion about really anything. But I used to play by myself for hours on end with my imaginary friends. Yes, they all had names. uh, And I'm not crazy, I don't think. Uh, But I had another friend that I learned to confide in, and that was Jesus. And I learned very early that he was my constant in my life. Even when other people didn't misunderstood me, even in my teenage years, when I did speak, they would misunderstand what I, my heart and my, my intention. But I had someone who never misunderstood me, and that was Jesus. The Bible says there is one who sticks closer than a brother, and he is your friend, and his name is Jesus. The words of that beautiful old hymn, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. I've had many a conversation with Jesus that I have never shared with another living soul. I know that he loves me, that he will not condemn me or reject me. He lovingly guides and corrects. How do I know this? Because his word says in the Bible, in John 15, 15, I have never called you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants and servants don't always understand what the master is doing. But I call you, this is Jesus' words. What does he call us? My most intimate and cherished friends. For I reveal to you everything I've heard from my father. He calls you friend, and you can call him friend. I'm going to ask you to stand. And we're coming to our first altar call, where you respond to God. And the words of this song, your heart is for me, your ear is listening, I'm safe in your love, your armies of angels are watching You're always present. You're always with me for all of my life. Your favor has followed. You're my covering. I never walk alone. Every hour, every minute, you have always been there. You are faithful and you always will be. In every triumph and every failure, you are loyal. You are faithful and you always will be. Let this be your heart response, receiving the love of Jesus. Jesus is your friend. Let's sing this. Let's sing this together. Your heart is for me. Your ear is listening. I'm saying. 
For those that have struggled with friendship with you, well, may today be a turning point. You are our friend and you love us unconditionally. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Please take your seats. So Jesus is my friend. I've learned that. And he is your friend. He has no favourites. Jesus is my hope and anchor. You know, often what happens is, and I mentioned it earlier, when all else fails, we turn to Jesus. But what would happen if we made him our first point of call? In 1981, a man by the name of Eugene Lang, he is a philanthropist and a, and a well-known businessman, retired, or actually passed away now in America. And he was asked to go and speak at the same school where he had um, studied 50 years prior. And he's thinking, what do I say to these kids? Because it was largely black and Puerto Rican children. And he thought, what I'll say to them is, work hard and you will succeed. 
As he's walking up to the lectern, the school principal said, by the way, three quarters of these children will never finish school. And he thought, what I'm going to say is not going to be helpful to them. So he got up and he said, if you kids stay in school, I will pay your tuition for university. Something shifted in those kids where everything had been hopeless. Now someone had given them hope for the first time in their life. One student said, I now have something to look forward to. I have something waiting for me. Now remember I said three quarters of those students would never complete their schooling, primary school, uh, high school. 90% of those sixth graders graduated high school and 60% pursued higher education. Why? Because they were given hope. There is no hopeless situations. There are only people who have grown hopeless about them. Hope is an anchor to the, our soul and his name is Jesus. The scripture says in Proverbs 13, 12, when hope is crushed, the heart is crushed. Proverbs 17, 22, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. When hope is gone, we shrivel up. And can I just remind you today, you may think you are in a hopeless situation. There is no way forward. Can I say, Jesus comes today to tell you there is no hopeless. What you're going through has an end in sight. He is with you every step of the way. I have faced many deep valleys, as I'm sure many of you have or are presently going through. But I've never gone through them alone. My anchor, yes. my hope yeah. is Jesus. You know, for a boat in a storm, you know, depending on what sort of storm, sometimes there's so, uh, such a catastrophe that, that everything gets swept off. But an anchor is made to hold the boat steady in a storm. But how much more is Jesus our anchor in a storm? So what challenge are you facing that you need Jesus to step into, to bring hope and keep you grounded. In Psalm 23, verse 4, are you ready to read another scripture? Yeah. I think you should stand with me. It's a different translation than when a lot of you have memorized. Okay, Psalm 23, verse 4. I may walk through valleys as dark as death, but I won't be afraid. You are with me, and your shepherd's rods makes me feel safe. Today, he's saying, I have not left you. I am right here with you, and I will take you through. You can take that to the bank. He has promised that he is with us, and he will walk through whatever storm we go through. Maybe you're in something now you never anticipated. Maybe it was something that's happened that's nothing to do with you, but it's impacted your life. Can I say, your anchor, your hope is right with you right now. Hope has a name. His name is Jesus. You can find peace in the storm. 
And we're going to sing that beautiful song. Hope has a name. His name is Jesus. And I want you to sing that. Maybe you're feeling like circumstances have tossed you every which way. Dig your anchor down deep in the hope who is Jesus. Let's sing this. going through a situation that seems so hopeless. Lord, may you bring your light. Lord, bring your peace. And Lord, may they know that you're with them, that you are their anchor. You'll hold them steady in Jesus' name. Lord, this is sovereign. This is beyond a natural ability that you speak in. You speak in right now in Jesus' name. In right now. Thank you, Jesus. Whatever they're facing, you're already there. You're already in the future and you're in their present. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Take your seats. You're still with me? Fantastic. One to go. So things, who is Jesus to me and what I've learned? He's my friend. He's my hope and my anchor. And he's my saviour. Jesus is my saviour. 
says a saviour is a person who saves someone or someone from danger or difficulty. But for the Christian, it's much, much more than that. Jesus is my saviour because he saved me from my sin and he's given me freedom for living. How do I know Jesus is my saviour? When I was 21 years of age, one late summer night in Queensland on a hot December day, we were driving back from a wedding to my hometown and I had a car accident. I fell asleep at the wheel. Don't drive if you're tired. I awoke to heading to the side of the road, the gravel, and what any young driver does, they overcorrect. I flipped and rolled the car and ended up over, right over next to a fence line, um, right over in the paddock. I remember with horror this when I woke up and I knew I needed a saviour. I knew I was in serious, serious trouble. And the only thing that I knew to do was to call on the name of Jesus. Jesus, 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 screaming at the top of my voice as we're rolling and the car's flipping. Um, all three of us got out of that car when it became stationary, unharmed. The car was a write-off. And under the front wheel of the car was a little Gideon Bible New Testament that had fallen out of the car when it flipped or rolled. I don't know why it ended up there, but it did. But I knew with absolute certainty that day that Jesus was my saviour and he preserved my life and the life of my two cousins who were with, with me. Everything was out of control. I knew I was, we, all of us or one of us would have died in that accident if my Jesus hadn't come and saved us. In Romans 10, 13, it says, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And I believe that is a, a physical, but it is a spiritual salvation. I was in desperate need of physical saving, and Jesus stepped in. And maybe today you are in need of physical salvation, the Savior, to come and step into your broken relationship. Maybe you've got a health issue. Possibly your emotions are fractured, and you're overwhelmed and on edge. Maybe your finances are stretched to the absolute breaking point. And we all need a saviour who saves us from our sins. He forgives us and makes us part of his families. We need a saviour. We need Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. How do I know that? Because I have experienced this over my life. And on that road from Meribah to Gainda, all those years ago, my Saviour saved my life. And I am forever grateful. You have a Saviour. His name is Jesus. The power of the Saviour is available to you. Paul writes 
In 1 Timothy 1.15, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them all. You may not know the story of Paul. He actually wrote most of the New Testament. But Paul, before he was called Paul, his name was Saul, and he persecuted, he hunted down Christians, and he barbarically killed them. And yet here he is saying this, Jesus saves even me, and I'm the absolute epitome of someone who should never, ever be accepted. I am the very worst. This is a beautiful song uh, that we're going to sing, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. And I think this, and I'll, I'll get you to stand. I know you want to sit in church and you wanted to go to sleep, didn't you? Not today. Jesus, you turn, you look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth, the trappings that have caught your attention, the things that you've tried to to make work. And Jesus says, I'm here. I'm your saviour. Turn your eyes to me. Why don't you sing this song? Turn your eyes upon Jesus look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely have our attention. You are our saviour. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So I've shared three different aspects of who Jesus is. And honestly, I could go on and on and on. The question I have for you today is, who is Jesus to you? Is he called someone you call out to when you're in trouble and he's your, your last resort? Is he someone you once knew intimately, but life and pressure and distractions and disappointments have squeezed him out? Maybe you know him deeply and today you're renewing your love for him, making it more deeper and more intimate over this Christmas season. Today I want to give you an opportunity to respond to Jesus. Maybe it'll be for the first time for those that are home. It's the first time that you are responding to Jesus, inviting him into your life. As I've spoken, there's been another voice. Actually, there's been two voices. The voice of the Holy Spirit that's been drawing you to himself. And the reality is we have an enemy. And he says, you don't need to do anything. You're okay. You don't need to worry about any of that. You've got your own pressures. You can do this by yourself. But the Holy Spirit draws you to have an intimate relationship with Jesus. I'm going to ask Mercy, can you come up? I'm going to give you an example of how much we are loved by God. Can you put that on? You probably only need one. <clears throat> what have I got here? $20? Are you sure? Do you want to feel it? It's real? It's real. Okay. I want you to scrunch it up. Yeah, really go for it. Okay, thank you. How much is it worth? Okay, stomp on it. Ground it in. Yep. How much is it worth? Okay. Over here, I've got some dirt and some water. I want you to squish it around. good job of it. How much is it worth? You sure? Are you absolutely sure? It's yours. Thank you. We get messed up. We get stomped on. We go through the mud and the rubbish of life but when God looks at us, he says, you're beautiful, you're precious, and you are valuable to me. Far too long we believe the enemy's lies. And he says, you're worthless. You're not worth $20. He tells you you're worth nothing. But you are the apple of the Father's eye. And Jesus has called you. He has invited you into a relationship with him. 
He looks at you and he says, I don't see what other people see. You may put the pretense on for everyone else, but he says, I see you. I see the real you and I love you and I am committed to you. We can come to God thinking we're not good enough and the reality is we're not because we realize that Jesus did it all on the cross. He paid a debt he did not owe. We owed a debt we could not pay. And today Jesus invites us into a deeper relationship. I'm going to pray a prayer. We're all going to pray it together. If you're at home, you pray this as well. And if you mean it in your heart, Jesus is right there. And immediately you are accepted as his child. You are part of the family of God. Close your eyes, bow your head. Let's pray and repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I thank you that even though you know everything about me, you still love and accept me. Today I ask you to come and live in my heart. Forgive me of my sins and clean me from the inside out. With your help, I want to live fully for you. Amen. Amen. Keep your head bowed, your eyes closed, with no one looking around. If you pray that prayer for the first time, or you have been on a wander with your relationship with him, and you're saying, I'm fully in. I'm coming home. I want to know Jesus as my friend. I want to know him as my hope and anchor. I want to know him as my savior. I want you to lift your hand right where you are so I know who I'm going to pray for. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front, but if that's you, lift your hand right where you are. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Spirit of God, that you're moving in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone else? Anyone? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just thank you. Lord, for every heart that is attuned, has lent into you. I pray, Spirit of God, the decisions that they've made today. Lord, as they go into this Christmas season, Jesus, you are the reason for this season. Lord, I pray that you will just ignite something in them. May their love for you burn bright than it ever has before. Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord, we pray and guard and protect that seed. Lord, the value that you place on each person. Lord, may they step into that. They live like they believe and know that you are for them. You are not against them and they are your child. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Encompass Church. If today's message has impacted you and you want to give your life to Jesus, if you need prayer or if you want to get connected to the church, please contact us at office at encompass.org.au. Never miss a moment by following us online. Search for Encompass Church on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.